series. It's been a lot of fun. Today, I'm so excited because we have some special guests with us that I had the privilege of sitting with them for two or three hours on Monday or Tuesday, whatever day that was. And I just know you're going to be blessed. So I'm going to jump right into it to take as much time as possible that we can get from them. I'm going to go ahead and invite Pastor Stephen and Tiffany are going to join us. And then Charlie and Sally K. Daniels are going to join us. Go ahead and give it up for them this morning. I'm going to let them give a little background on themselves, so I'm not going to do too much of it. But I'll go ahead and let them get seated and get situated really quick. All right. I left your microphones on, so all you got to do is talk. All right. There we go. We're ready to go. All right. The first thing I wanted to kind of do is I want you guys to introduce yourself because we know who you are, but there's probably a few people who don't. So kind of give us a little background on, um, I know both of them grew up here and they have family here. And then maybe even take me into your salvation experience and how you ended up where you are today. Well, I grew up here and was raised in Wanchese. Uh, And Stephen is actually my first cousin, which everybody else knows him as my nephew. (laughs) And Stephen and I were raised both with godly mothers. Amen. And I was thinking as we were singing that song about the battle belongs to the Lord, and we're going to see his victory. And I thought, our mothers are in heaven today, mm-hmm. and they believed for this miracle. Now, let me tell you, there were days that nobody thought that we would be sitting on a platform together, and we'd sing his victory. So... Just quickly, you have the best pastor in the world. We have Stephen has lived in our home. We've seen from the very beginning Tiffany fall in love with Stephen. Stephen fall in love with Tiffany and grow to be mighty men and women. She said she loved me first. She did. You, you knew it right away, though, right? She would say, my Stephen. And today I have a friend that still laughs. She said, yeah, I remember Tiffany saying, my Stephen. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Well, my Am I still? Was, uh, my father was born and raised in Washington, North Carolina. And uh, he became a, a pastor. My dad was actually saved in jail. He used to tell the story. He was saved in Florence, South Carolina jail. And uh, anyway, we came back here and became a pastor. The, uh, my my uh, mother's family is from Hatters. And my grandmother died at 95 there. Her mother died at 95 there. So I don't know how far that goes back, but it's, it goes back a pretty good ways. But anyway, I was, I was uh, raised right here. I was raised in the church. My dad would move around and a uh, good man. My mother, really good, good lady, and as far as I was concerned, I was saved and backslid, and, and I, I just never could learn how to live right. That was, that was my view. I, I couldn't, I just couldn't get it right. So, Sal and I, we were, we were married young. I was working on the beach here, and I remember driving across Manio Bridge, saying I would never leave here. I, I loved it here. I'd never. And a few days later, I was gone. I was in Florida, and I was in Oklahoma, and uh, 
right before I left, I gave my life to Christ. It was on a Wednesday afternoon. I was in Norfolk, Virginia. And I don't know how many of y'all, you may have experienced the same thing, but you just lost. I was just lost. You know, I went to church. I paid my tithe. My mom and dad were always there. If most people would say, well, Charlie's a, Charlie's a good guy. He's all right, you know. But I was totally lost. And I, I knelt down in uh, Rock Church one afternoon, nobody in there. And I said, I'm going to give my life to Christ. And then three days later, I was, I was sitting in Florida. And I moved from here. And I was trying to find a house in Florida. And that's where my life just took a significant turn. And uh, I could talk about that a long time, but probably not. Uh, well, that is kind of where we want to go. So we'll keep going there. What kind of led you to that place? Um, you know, a sort of rock bottom for you so we can t teach them how we got up to the top um, from there. For me, uh, you know, it was never that I was against church. I was, I was for it. I, I just couldn't make it work in my life. All the do's, the don'ts, and, the, and the, those issues were a problem for me, not, maybe not for everybody. I was, I was telling Tommy this morning. He was rebellious. I was rebellious. <laughs> But, but I remember when I, when I first went to Ramah, a guy said this, and it, it, just, it just shocked me. Uh, he said, um, can you pray enough? And in my mind, I thought, well, no, you could never do that. And he said, well, could you read your Bible enough? And I said, well, no. And in my mind, I'm saying, no, you, you couldn't do that. And he said something that just shocked me and really started changing my life. He said, well, if you believe you couldn't pray enough, then you're serving an unjust God. And that just shocked me because I've been taught all my life you could never do enough for God. Yeah. You can. You can. And it becomes much easier to live for him when you can satisfy that, that side of you instead of living an unsatisfied life. I can never do enough. I can never be enough. I can go to church every day this week. I can pay my tithes. I can do this. And I'm still going to live like hell because I can't get it right. That was, that was a big turning point. And how did you end up in Tulsa today and, and running? So Charlie and Sally own a company called Churches by Daniels, and they actually build churches for a living. So kind of segue us into how you got to that place. Uh, first I went there, and uh, this is, you know, after I'd, I'd been born again, I ended up in, in Rayma Bible Training School. It's a school. Uh, Sally and I went. Tiffany and Stephen went. It was it was life-changing for me. It was a two-year school. I tell everybody that I had to go 14 years. Because <laughs> I had to have my mind renewed, and it just took a lot longer. But anyway, when I was finishing the school in the second year, Sal and I both, I had a dream of what I was going to do in my future. And it was going to be build churches. And I didn't really understand the dream. But in a few days, the, uh, the owner of the school came to me and said, uh, listen, we're going to build a church, and we'd like you to build it. Well, I didn't want to do it. And, uh, I'd had a good experience there, and I didn't want to do it. So I told Sally she wanted me to do it. But anyway, we were weighing it out, talking to him back and forth. And uh, in one night, the Lord spoke to Sally and I at the same time. Kind of a dream, kind of not. I woke up, and I said, Sally, the Lord's talking to us. She said, he's already talked to me. I said, what did he say? And she said, 
She said, he said, don't worry about him anymore. He won't miss it. He said to me, take the next step. You can't miss it. Hmm. And I went in and I, I, I took the job to build a church. Now, you know, when you think about churches here, you think about, you know, you see churches. Now, this ain't a church like you would ever see or I would have ever done. It's a quarter of a million square foot. It seats 5,000 people. And, you know, the sound system costs millions and the heating and air systems cost millions. There's a wedding chapel in the church. <laughs> yeah, so, so it was an incredible experience. So then after that, I, I continued to work with him for 14 years. But in all honesty, that was really good for me. Because I had to be in every meeting. I had to be in all their, all their church services. And I was getting my mind renewed. Mm. And I, I, I didn't, at, there was a lot of times I didn't like it. You know? But I was being forced. God forced me in a situation that really helped me. And uh, I got to hear things from people over and over again that were life-changing. Where, where most people come in and they get a 20 minutes and it's gone before they get home. We used to do the same thing. We'd be in a fight before we got home. <laughs> so, so it just, just wasn't working very well. But in this setting, it really helped. So you guys know that our series, obviously, is Legacy. And what's the catchphrase of Legacy that you've used over and over? Be more focused on the day you're gone than the day you're on. And Legacy itself is defined. Uh, it's more important to focus on the who you leave behind than the watch you leave behind. And if you begin to connect this to our series of Legacy, we started focusing on how, how Legacy was going to be driven by eternity. What's out there? What's happening with me on that day that when I am gone? Because you're going to spend the majority of your time there. And then we found out that as we begin to focus on that, there's two main questions that come to all of us. And what was that? One, what did I, what did I do with Jesus? What did I do with that relationship with him? Did I allow him, I love what Charlie said, did I allow him to pay for my sins? Because they got to be paid for. And, and did I accept him enough and come into relationship, and not into religion, but into relationship? And then what that does, it propels me into the next step of legacy is, what did you do with what I gave you? What did, I, what did you do with your time, your talents, and your treasures? And you're beginning to connect some of these dots. That's what happened to Charlie and Sally. I mean, you wouldn't be here without these two. Because Sally reminded me a few minutes ago, she gave, they gave me a phone call one day. I was still in college and had been living like the devil. And got, I brought, kind of like Charlie, that, one, that real experience where Jesus came in. And I'm telling you, within 24 hours of that experience... Well, I'm back in school. Within 24 hours, I get, happened here, I go back to school. I get a phone call from her. And she tells me to come to Rainbow Bible Training Center. Never heard of it before, don't even know what it was. And when I got there, I thought I was, I didn't know what I was in. But it changed my life. Because it became the next step to meeting Pastor Tiffany. Which became the next step to pastoring in Ohio. Which became the next step of legacy and finding this family that I'm invested in, and, and we talked about that last week, and how important that is. And, and you're going to begin to see that their connection brings something intentional. Intentional about sharing Jesus, intentional about giving, and intentional about the, the side of who am I leaving behind, 
not just what. And, you know, next week we're going to launch into the second phase of this facility. And one thing that this couple has done is they've invested substantially from its conception. Financially, absolutely. But not only that, I'm talk, I've called Charlie in, in, in moments where only he could be the one that would tell me. Sally is always spiritually taking me to another level. But if I needed Charlie, if I needed someone to tell me the bad thing to do or not to do, because you know, he's going to shoot it to you straight, that's what I, what I mean when I say that. Charlie was always that guy. And now we're beginning to see legacy begin to unfold. And I just wanted you to know the why. I wanted you to know the why they do and have done what they've done. And I really believe it's because the, the eternity side of this is bigger than what we're even imagining for the Outer Banks. And that's exactly where I was thinking. We, we are their legacy. Um, I know you Absolutely. said a lot of times it's not the what you leave behind, it's the who you leave behind. So for you guys, I know there was a transition kind of in that place where you went from tithing religiously to really putting your heart into um, and hearing from God for, for your tithing and your offerings. Can you kind of take us to that place where that happened in you? Yeah, I, I, you know, I became one to, to really believe that, if, you know, if, if God's really working in your life, it should show up, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I was taught, my father was, I mean, he would, he would say this, and it sounded good, good man, nothing, nothing wrong with my dad, but just what he believed. He believed you shouldn't expect, expect nothing in return. Give and don't expect nothing in return. That's totally unscriptural. A farmer never sows a crop and don't expect something in return. He spends a lot of time preparing, and when he gives, when he puts it in the ground, he's going to be watchful. <laughs> he's going to be expecting every day. So I had always... Even as a sinner, I had always gave my tithes. My dad had taught me that. You know, if you got $10, give a dollar, yada, yada, yada. So, and Sally's mom had taught her the same way, so we'd always pay tithes. But I reached a point where I was, I was not making any money, and I was broke. I mean, literally broke like not many people get. I was really broke. <laughs> I drove my car on the side of the road. <laughs> While we were at five and there, I mean, that, that's a long, long story. But the deal is, Sally and I come to the point, and, and this is what I said. I said, if God's word won't work for me, then it's not true. I took it that serious. And, and I, heard a, I heard a man say, he said, in every problem of my life, in every issue I have in my life, here's what I say. I say, I will take God's word and prove it will work in this case and change these circumstances. Wow. Wow, come on. And I said to Sally that day, I said, we're going to take God's word and prove it will get us out of debt. Hmm. Now, now, I've never been afraid of work. I've, I've worked all my life. But I was working as much as I could and not getting the return I should. And it was, a, it was a long process. You know, I could tell you the story. It sounds like it was in three days. It wasn't. But it was, a, it was a long process. But we continued to stay on the scripture. And I'll tell you the scriptures, Mark 11, 23, and 24. He 
say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and doubt not in your heart. Believe that what you, what you said you receive, you'll have it. I mean, most of us will skip right over that. But if, if you believe that you can say that and have it, and you believe it in your heart, you will have it. And uh, we took it intentionally, on purpose, and started doing it. And we wrote down the exactly amount of money that we needed. And we started saying that and applying Mark 11, 23 and 24. And we would say a specific amount of money. And we would say that we believed all our debts were paid. We drove a brand new car and our kids' college was paid. And, um, you know, this, I hate really saying this in public, but <laughs> I owed $125,000 on my credit card. Most people can't even get that much money on their credit card. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't pay the interest on the credit card. And in one year. One year. One year, my credit card was gone. And in the second year, my home was paid off. And, uh, and nobody gave me no money. But the Lord showed us some things to do, and, uh, and it just made dramatic opportunities. Yes. So, so I'm, I'm sold out about giving. Hey, can you I, tell that story? And I'm, I know we're, but this story is so powerful because, um, and we've spent several days talking to them, but sometimes I think the problem is sometimes we see people that, um, that walk in a blessing, and it seems so far removed from our life that we just kind of put it off like, well, that's them, and this is me. Um, and if I'm not careful, sometimes I can be one of those people. Like, but one of the things that happened, if you don't mind sharing, um, it was the first time that they believed God um, for $5,000. Um, and, and I can even remember when Sally said, you know, um, Stephen lived with them when they were broke. And I was Stephen's girlfriend when they were broke. And, um, and, and I was broke. <laughs> we were all broke. We were all broke. And, but the interesting thing about it is, is, is it's not, not, not having money or having money is not the problem. The mindset is the problem. Mm. Your belief system is the, is the problem. So, because Paul says, I'm content with what? Little or what? Much. So it's the mindset that's the problem. And when you see yourself where you are, you, you, you know, faith is not denying where you are, but it is believing that God can take you to where he's called you to be. And one of the things I love about the very first time, um, because, you know, Charles was just working a regular job. They were just working regular jobs. They had two kids. And, um, and they were giving up their tithe and offering. And all the money that their regular jobs provided, all of the money that their regular jobs paid their bills. So how many of you, we don't have to raise our hands, but we've been in a place where our regular money that comes in from our regular jobs pays our bills, right? And so then you have your 10% that you give for your tithe. And so we just do the tithe, and then we're thinking, we say that we're tithe and offering, but really there's no offerings, because we just typically do the tithe. But here's an interesting thing. So they didn't have any money for offerings. They just had, they just paid their bills and gave their tithe. So then they wrote an amount that they wanted to do for an offering, okay? So an interesting thing is, is they wrote this amount down. Now, Brother Higgins used to always say, if you don't, you can't believe God for a house if you never believe God for a pair of socks. Right? Yeah, 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 right. So, so that is true, you know, it's true. So you, you have to start somewhere. But, but they, I think in all, and I'm going to say a number of 5,000, but 
at this point, 5,000, they had already been doing the 25 and the 50 and then the 100 or whatever. But when they wrote down the, the number from 5,000, it didn't, they, it couldn't come from their regular life. It couldn't come from their regular life. So can you tell what happened, how you got that? But the interesting thing is, is when you first got that 3,500, like what your thoughts were, because that's going to happen to all of us. God is going to give seed. You said something the other day that was so powerful. He will give seed to the he will, he will. But we, we go to Outback on our seed. We go to Outback on our seed. We eat, he gives us seed, and then we eat it. So, so what, what, go ahead. Yeah, go for it. So, so what happened with us was, you know, we decided that we were going to see God's word get us out of debt. That was the avenue we were going to take. And I'll, I'll tell you, you can, you can get out of debt a lot of ways. But this was the avenue we were going to take. And we were really focused. So one day I'm, I'm traveling to a church uh, a couple hours away, and uh, the Lord drops in my heart. He says, um, I'm in the car by myself. He says, um, I give seed to the sower. Yep. But when he said that, I knew something. It weren't just that he said that. He said, he said in saying that, and I will give you the seed to sow against your debt. Now, I didn't really, I had not heard anything like that really before. So he's going to give me the seed to sow it against my debt. That seed should cancel my debt, right? It'll come close, hopefully. <laughs> so I get home and I tell Sally, and she says, she says, no, you, I told you that today. That's what the Lord said to me. So the same day, we'd gotten the same thing. So we made an agreement. Here was our agreement. And, and we were doing these things very calculated. Our agreement was that we were going to believe God for $5,000. He, he didn't give me the amount. That was that's all I could believe for. You know, I just, that was, I, I, I look back and a lot of times now I say, man, I wish I could have believed for a lot more right then. <laughs> I might have got a lot more. <laughs> moment, I could just do the five. And, and that was a long stretch. So we believed for the 5000 and in the process of time, this guy actually in North Carolina had something happen on the building, and he wanted me to come look at it. Now, most of the time when I traveled to churches, they never gave me no money, just being honest. I, I, fly, I flew in a lot of times on my own money. Well, I happened to be there, and he, he calls me in his office, and he says, open that envelope. And I open the envelope, and there's $3,500 in it. I'm telling you, there was a 1,000 bills I could pay with that. You know, my mind was just buzzing. What you gonna pay with this? Well, you know, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna pay? And we got home. Sal and I said, no, we're committed to the process. This is what we believe God's telling us to do. And we, when we when we actually said it, we sat down and we said we'll take Sally's money and my money and we'll pay all the bills we can and we'll pay our tithe. But this outside money has to come from some other source because he said he would give us the seed to sow can't come from my job and it can't come from her job. That was that was the distinction we put on it. And sure enough, three thousand come, we we sowed that. And the, the fifteen hundred dollars come a few weeks later and we sowed that. Now we'd never had anything like that happen before, so to us, you know, y'all might think, well, yeah, somebody sent them the money. Well, I just hadn't everybody had anybody do that. So that was the course of change. It started to change. Now, guess what? He never gave me no more money. 
but he gave me some ideas. Hmm. And, and he started dealing with me about ideas. One thing he said to me was, I can go too long, sir. He, one, one thing he said to me was, I was writing all my bills down. I'd go in early mornings in my office and I'd write all these bills down. I owe this, I owe this, I owe this. And I can pay $10 or 50 or whatever on these. <laughs> and one morning I'm doing that. And he said to me, he said, if you figure out how you're going to pay them, I'll let you. If it takes you 30 years. That's a bad word to get early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, but if you'll give them to me, I'll take care of them. Now that was hard to do. What, what was happening was I was holding on to them mentally and emotionally. I was holding on to those bills. I was writing them down. I was, I was my plan. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? I hadn't really given him the, his plan. So I quit writing it down. I just, I just quit. That was a struggle. I mean, that was a struggle not to write it down and keep up with it. <coughs> then one morning he said, I didn't tell you not to put the answer in front of your eyes. If you remember Abraham, he told him he would make his seed as the stars of the sky and the sands of the earth. He put it in front of his eyes. He said, put the answer in front of your eyes. Write down the amount of money you want to make. And then confess it and stay with it. So that's what we did. You know, our first amount of money we wrote down was we need to make $175,000. And we wrote that down and we, we just kept confessing. Sal and I just kept saying, no matter what, no matter that $2,000 you made that month, <laughs> we'd say, no, we thank you, Lord, we make one seventy-five, And we continued to say that until that happened. got it in our, in our closet, we still do it. We got it on the wall in our closet. The things we're believing God for right now. Most people, if you go to them and you say, what are you believing God for? They have no idea. So what's God going to do for you? You have no idea. You have no idea. If it happens, you wouldn't know it was God. You, you might thought you think it was the devil. <laughs> I encourage everybody take something, and I, I, I encourage people to even do it privately if you're married, you don't even, some of the times you don't even tell your mate, but I, I believe in that one can put a fight, a thousand to fight, two can put ten thousand, so if you're in agreement with your mate, you're going to do it quicker. But I've done things on my own that I didn't tell them about. I just said, okay, I'm going to believe God for this, and I write it down, I keep it between me and God, nobody else would see it. Because I wanted something personal between me and God. And I would start confessing it, start confessing it. And on one occasion, uh, I'd gotten off of it, and I heard the Lord say one day, he said, he said, you'd have it by now if you'd stayed on it. And, and I got back on it, and within a few, few months, there it was. So I encourage all of you to take something and write it down today, tomorrow, most I'm going to tell you, you have no idea how many people I talk to about what happened in my life. And they all will listen, and they all like it. But very few do it. I encourage you all to take something personal and write it down in your life that you're going to believe God for. It, it may be financial. It may be, it may be physical. 
it may be something for your child, but you write it down and then you don't get off of it. Writing it down makes it permanent. It's like driving a stake in the ground. It don't change. What I found was <clears throat> if I didn't write it down, I was always changing. You know, when I went through the need I, of needing the money, I would believe God for $5,000 a month. I didn't get it. So then next month, I was, I'd believe God for 10. And I didn't get that either. So the next one I'll do, I need 15. I didn't get that either. So I go back to three. <laughs> and I didn't get that either. And the Lord took me to James one day. And James, I, I'm not real good with the Bible. so, But in there he says that, you know, you're like a wave. You're driven. You're unstable in all your ways. And let that man think he will get nothing from me. And the Lord said, that is you. That is me. I was unstable. But he said, if you'll write it down, it'll bring stability. Hmm. And so writing it down keeps it firm. So six months from now, you forgot it. And you look back and say, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm get back on it. I keep it on my phone in my reminders. I got about six things in there now that I'm believing God for. Listen, you're always going to have issues. You're always going to have problems. The devil makes sure of it. better be putting them to God and believing God for them. Um, one thing I wanted to say, that $3,500 that we we believed the 5000 first, 3500 when we received it, it was hard to plant it, to give it away. But Charlie went to look at a church that was, it was a small church and they needed a lot. But we decided we would sow that $3,500 in that church. So we did. Interesting, about 20 years later, we are building churches across the United States. Uh, we have made really good money. We have been blessed beyond anything we could imagine. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. And we know who we are, where we came from, all of our faults, all, and we are amazed at the opportunities that God has given us. Now, we sowed that money in a church. I have absolutely no doubt, I am totally, totally confident that this church has been raised up for God, for the Outer Banks, <clears throat> much prayer has been given, seeds have been sowed. So in us sowing the seeds, <clears throat> we believe God for a certain amount of money extra to sow in this church. Beyond the giving, beyond the other churches, this certain amount of money. When we gave that seed, Coastal, believing for you and this whole flock that is on the Outer Banks. Praise God, the Outer Banks is coming to Jesus, right? Your children are going to grow up and have seed to sow. And this is the beginning. When I talked to them and they said they'd close the loan, I said, praise God, church is paid for. Come on. This church is paid for, guys. You cannot go forward and spread around this Outer Banks. If you have debt, believe God for money to sow. 
So that, and to be out of debt, yes. But that $3,500, I am convinced today that we sowed in that little church that needed re uh, renovation. They needed help. That $3,500 has produced and produced and produced. And guess what? Across this nation, we are called to come and build churches. So I believe it. This church is paid for. Can you agree with me? It's paid for. And the money is here to spread around this outer bank and farther. Why just the outer bank? God has a plan for you. Get it before your eyes. Write it on paper. Thank God for it every day. I heard a story uh, on Kenneth Copeland where this couple they were getting this message and they had no money to sow. So they said, Okay, as we walk, we're going to look at, is there change anywhere? They find a penny, they find a dime, and that money was being put in that ministry. And guess what? They're debt-free, they're growing daily in the things of God, and their children are growing things of God. So, anyway. You know, we, we, um, we ended last week, and I want to share this scripture with you again. Uh, one of the things that Pastor Tiffany and I have said to you since we started Coastal, we would never beg, play on your emotions, and ask you to, to sow and do beyond what you're able to do. We don't, we don't believe that's a godly thing. Uh, and, and the one thing that we do believe is that uh, if God's called you to do something, he'll take care of it, he'll pay for it. But I do think there's an involvement on people to make that work. I think the scripture works by believing and confessing, but at the same time, there's two parts that come to that. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, it actually says he'll give you power to get wealth. What do you think that power is? It gives you the word to work to bring the increase in. And in the New Covenant, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, I believe it's verse 8, that he'll actually place uh, gifts and callings on people to be givers, to be generous givers to the body of Christ. Now, that's not everybody. We're all called to be givers. We found that out last week. We're all called to sow and to bring increase and do our part. And, but there are times that you see that people may... It's what drives them. It's what pushes them. Uh, Linda Hester sitting in the back. She starts, lives, breathes, eats, and sleeps. How can I get more so that I can give more? Well, there's a calling to that. There's an anointing to it. Like, I'm a pastor. I'm called to be a pastor. And tonight... We've invited Charlie and Sally to come back at 6 o'clock to talk more about that because that's who they are. That's a calling that's on their life. But I want to talk to us about us as a family. We landed on this scripture last week, and I think it's pretty awesome because it's actually resonated with Pastor Tiffany. Ever since we read it, she keeps talking to me about it every day because I think it's something that will help us understand, hey, how do we start next phase? How do we go into the phase of paying uh, the mortgage off? Remember, I told you that the mortgage, you pay it off in five years or less, we save $2 million. $2 million gives us opportunity to invest in legacy and continue to do, and if these walls could talk, we will hear more stories. Listen to this scripture. So here's what I think. All right into the Corinthian church. The best thing you can do right now is finish what you started last year. Not let loose, let those good intentions grow stale. 
Now make this personal. Don't just make this about Coastal. Make this personal. What did you start last year that you have that you dropped? You see, Charlie said that he let it go when the Lord told him, hey, you drop that if you picked it up, if you keep doing it. This would have been done a long time ago. Your heart's been in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish up, so go to it. Once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't. The heart regulates the hands. This isn't so others can take it easy while you sweat it out. No, we're all doing this together. It says, no, you're shoulder to shoulder with them all the way. Your surplus matching their deficit, their surplus matching your deficit. And the Bible says in the end, you'll come out even. And I believe that, you know, as we, we launch second phase next week, and we occupy, and we, we pay this off, and, and we move forward and continue to create legacy on the Outer Banks, focused on the who more than the what, watching the walls talk, see the stories come about. Jesus, sharing Jesus, being intentional about serving others and time, treasures, and talents. And you put all of that in one little package, you begin to see what God's starting to make happen here on the Outer Banks. There's a harvest. There's people out there that are waiting to hear good news that will change their life and restore their homes, restore their marriages, and things like that. And you know, it's funny because Sarah, Nanny Sarah, if you can turn and look back there real quick. Nanny Sarah, she approached us a, a long time ago about her kids getting involved in part of this thing. And, and I'm thinking, man, we really want to just get the kids to do this too. And, and, no. and then I realized, no, the kids wanted to do this. And so I wanted to just show you what they've already begun to do towards Coastal, towards the next step, towards Phase 2. And, and uh, come on up here, Quest Kids, come on up. So tonight we're actually going to give you the opportunity to have a little bit more of an in-depth conversation with Charlie and Sally. There's so many stories that, and so many testimonies that I actually want to ask them to share with you right now, and we just don't have the time for it. And so we've decided, you know, if you're interested in, in a more in-depth outlook on, on just giving and sowing and, and living a legacy life, honestly, these are the, the people that you want to hear it from. I spent so much time on the phone with Sally um, when we were in the process of purchasing this building and going back and forth with them, they shared so much wisdom with me. And uh, when it came time to do this, you know, it, it, it was it was something that was on our heart to have someone else share. And, and we all agreed immediately. Their outlook and their perspective on giving just challenged me every single time I picked up my phone. And I know they've already shared this. The moment we closed on the building, she called it paid for on FaceTime just that, that instant. As soon as the phone picked up and we said, hey, we've closed, she said, I call it paid for in Jesus' name. And so we're just so honored to have you guys, honestly. And uh, you don't want to miss tonight if you have the ability to be here at 6 o'clock. It will challenge you. I actually sat in our office in tears on Tuesday trying to kind of just hold it back, all of the, the largeness of the vision that's in their heart. So I, I encourage you strongly to be here tonight at 6. Most, most, most is that 
heart, the vision of Coastal Family Church to the elementary, and they bought in. And here's the really crazy part. They bought in before you bought in. They bought in, and not only did they bought in, they brought in. And here's what they brought in. Go ahead, tell them all. On behalf of Coastal Family Church, we would like to give this offering. Come on. Come on. Hey, will you stand up with me? We're going to let you sit back down here in just a few minutes, but...